0: Greetings and happy Tuesday. This is the Desiree Show on Dash Radio. First downs and flip tricks and it is the 11th day of September. So with that I do want to take a moment, uh, just a moment of silence. 17 years was pretty, really heavy day and uh, that that doesn't uh, even give it what i would like to give it but i do uh did want to make a moment there you know but football is back week week one in the nfl is in the books super stoked um what an opening week though come on i mean seven hour game fairy tale comeback in green bay annihilation in detroit not a loss in cleveland doubleheader last night monday night football raiders came in passion filled that stadium was amazing and on fire and and really really surprised me i i didn't expect that I didn't expect that much fire from the Raiders. However, Wade Phillips did the adjustments at the half, and the Rams came away with a W. In Detroit, it was annihilation, a devastating annihilation. The Detroit Lions... You know, and that's one of the things I want to talk about today. But, you know, I did want to share coming up, though, I'm super excited to welcome Eric D. Williams. He works for ESPN. Uh, He covers the Chargers regularly. He is an awesome guy. He's always got some great insight. He's there all the time. Super excited to welcome him on the phone here in just a few moments. And we'll talk a little bit about the Chargers and also about the NFL uh, games he might have been able to see. And then also another thing that I do want to talk about today is, is it harder as a coach to prepare For a team that has been annihilated or that has won. Um, Because I feel sometimes someone that is with the Patriots, for example, if the Patriots are somehow annihilated, which rarely happens, that's a hurt dog. You're going to you are I would be scared, Um, you know, but as an OC or as a head coach, how do you prepare? Um, Those are some of the questions I do want to ask Eric when he comes on. And I also at the bottom of the hour, I'm excited to welcome back Harvey Armstrong, SMU alumni. Uh, He played with Eric Dickerson. That's how I met him and Eric last year at Marshall Falk's golf charity event. I'm super excited to welcome him back in. He played for the Colts. He also played for the Eagles. So he'll have a bunch of insight as well. 0-7 for the brand new coaches in the NFL. That is a rough, rough start. Uh, Now, some weren't total Blowouts, as you guys might know, uh, but I'm really sad though. I've got, but I'm super excited. Cole's here in studio with me. I miss him. He hasn't been in. I haven't been in studio as much the last few weeks with some things going on and trying some remote shows. Um, but we did start beat the outsiders. We're gonna have a premiere show here in studio coming up in the next month. I did get ten games correct. I'm in second place with Jeff Ament. J T Alts and Sergi are in first place with eleven wins, which is crazy if you consider also that, uh, the Pittsburgh and Cleveland Browns game was nullified in all of those picks. So, uh, but I did come out with 10, 10 wins. Um, anyways, uh, so football is back. It's all football today. And as I mentioned, coming up ESPN writer covering the chargers, always a treat with Eric D Williams. And at the bottom of the hour, I'm checking in with Harvey Armstrong. He came in on the show. Like I said, a little while last year, we had some problems with the phones, uh, in one of the studios. Again, beat the outsiders. I will tell you the lineup this year it's Steve Olson, it's Jeff Ament, it's JT Alts, Lance Dawes, Packy Fancher. I've got Ricky Iola from Philadelphia, also um, Sergi from Philadelphia as well, Dan Rogers, uh, who we did a, a remote show. It didn't, the sound just wasn't good enough to, to broadcast on the air. So I did put that on iTunes, or I will, you know, but just to just keep in keep in mind that this uh, the broadcast wasn't the best quality, sadly, so we didn't want to air it on Dash. But there's some fun uh, fun information there. Steve Olson has come back as well. And uh, who else do I have on this? There's 11 guys. Oh, and Corbin Harris as well. So it should be an exciting, fun, won't be as crazy as last season's text thread, I don't think, without uh, Kenny Hughes or Sal Barbier. But uh, without further ado, I'm super excited to welcome... Eric D. Williams. Eric, thank you so much. Sure, no problem.
1: Thanks for having me, Desiree.
0: For, you know, today is 9-11, and so I, I did give a moment of silence uh, for the beginning of the show, but I, I did want to ask, you know, do you, do you remember? I mean, I think we all remember where we were. Where were you 17 years ago?
1: Yeah, I was at home in Tacoma, Washington. I was working, um, I think I was working for a local newspaper there at the time. And actually, I think my mom called me to tell me what was happening and turn on the TV. And I remember just turning on the TV and and still feeling like I was sleeping, like I was having a nightmare uh, watching the images. Um was, you, you know, shocked like everybody else couldn't believe that it was happening. Um, you know, tragic, obviously, uh, with, with, with everything that happened there. Um, but I think what I take from that is how our country responded afterwards um, and how I think it helped unite us at that point in time and what was going on in our country. And And I hope that's what people can kind of take from that incident is, is to really start to come together on a lot of stuff that's going on, you know, just out in our country and out in the world.
0: Yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent. That's uh, kind of one of, one of the, the, the wonderful things out of like these gnarly tragedies is that communities and people come together. Um, and it's sad that it takes those kind of things to happen, but I do feel, mm-hmm. you know, we need that, uh, even more so right now. Um, so, but I, not I do, do want to stay on the football topic, but you know, and, and Pat, you know, I think Arizona Cardinals actually, um, republished, um, Pat Tillman, uh, interview, his words on, on the twelfth of September, which I watched this morning. I mean, it's only two minutes. Uh, the Cardinals uh, threw that out on Instagram or on uh, Twitter, I believe. Um, mm. But just you know, again, just um, we are very fortunate to be where we are, you know, and hopefully we can work together. Um, no doubt. So you know, but um, okay. And last night, did you now? Did you watch both the games yesterday or last night?
1: Yeah, I watched most of the Oakland. And LA Rams game, I caught about the second half of the Jets oh. and Lions. Um, <laughs> so I, I think that's kind of all you need to see with the Jets and Lions, right? With what happened uh, with the game kind of getting away from them in the fourth quarter.
0: Ugh, that was uh, disastrous. Um, I mean, it was heartbreaking, and I and that's one of the questions I do want to ask you. I mean, the Chargers are going to Buffalo this week, um, and mm-hmm. the Buff, Buffalo Bills were annihilated by. Uh, by the by, the Ravens last week, or this, you know, a few days ago. But this, and I didn't get to see that game, but I did watch this Lions Jets game, and I don't know what is harder uh, as a player coming up and playing the following week after a loss like that. Like how? I mean, how do you? I mean, that's obviously a lot of coaching. But I have to imagine that that team, I mean, everyone probably got drunk last night or or couldn't sleep all night. You know what I mean? That was a really rough loss.
1: Well, I think probably win or lose, they're going to figure out a way to, to relax a little bit. Um, I think in, in, in covering the league for over a decade and talking to players about this, you know, they always say it's a week-to-week league. And, and whatever happened last week really doesn't have an effect on on what's going to happen the following week, and you really have to kind of put that behind you, whether it was a big win or a big loss, because if you let it carry over, um, it becomes a distraction, and, and it can get you beat the following week. And so you're right. Um, you know, the Chargers are in a situation where they lost a the game. That was a big game for them. You know, they have now a nine-game lose streak against the Chiefs, and so they have to refocus and play against a team that they they beat up last year and really make sure that they avoid being complacent uh, playing against potentially Nathan Peterman, who they had five, six against, um, you know, last year and Buffalo, they're in a situation where, you know, they lost big. How do they regroup and how do they respond from that in their, in their season opener, where if they come out and lay an egg again, they could get booed in Buffalo. That's, That's that's a realistic thing that can happen when you consider the kind of fans that they have, there, in terms of Bills fans and 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 their commitment to that team.
0: Yeah, no, and I did want to want to touch on those fans, uh, the Bills fans last year after they lost uh, the wild card, all waited in the snow mm-hmm. and greeted them, you know. And the Bills yeah. fans are are pretty special and very passionate fans, um, yep. You know, and the Chargers, and then on the flip side, the Chargers right now, which is actually flabbergasting to me. Um, you know, seeing, you know, hosted the Kansas City Chiefs and the stadium mm-hmm. looked essentially red. Um, you know, I, I don't well, know. I mean,
1: if you're if you're there, again, it's hard to tell from the images. It was probably about 60 percent Charger fans. The okay. problem is, is the TV cameras face the side where all the Chiefs fans are. And there certainly were a lot of them, not denying that. Uh, but there were a good number of Charger fans there as well. I interacted with some of them out the tailgate beforehand. Um, They actually did player introductions this year, which they didn't do last year because there were so many opposing fans in the stadium. Um, But that remains an issue, obviously. Uh, You're trying to build a fan base for when you open a new stadium in 2020. um, And you wonder what that's going to look like if you're not able to fill a stadium, a 30,000-seat stadium, you know, with Charger fans.
0: Yeah, no, it's just, it's just, it's awing, honestly, because, I mean, I I, th- I know that there's a lot of competition in Los Angeles. I mean, obviously, there's mm-hmm. many teams. Uh, I mean, there's USC, UCLA, there's the Clippers, there's the Lakers, there's the Dodgers, there's the Angels, there's the Rams, and there's the Chargers. Yeah. And, I mean, that's yeah. not including hockey, but still, NFL, an NFL game. I mean, I'm sorry, but I, I'm, I, I mean... Uh, NFL football is uh, what I look forward to, or call, or football actually I look forward to all year. You know, <laughs> I go in a state of yeah. depression when it's not going on. So um, now, as a team, as an OC, as a head coach, um, difficulties. Like I, I mean, I think Patriots always respond well to a, a beating, uh, where they are sort of "quote unquote" like a like a, a hurt animal or a hurt dog or a trap dog. Um, you don't kind of know animals, what to sure. expect, um, but. As a you know, as an offensive coordinator, trying to game 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 plan against a team that was um, devastated at home, how you know what things do you look for and what you know how do you prepare differently?
1: Well, I think if you talk to any offensive coordinator that that's in the NFL, they're looking to create mismatches where they can get explosive plays and, and make it easier for them to score. So, I'm assuming Ken Whisenhunt when he watches the tape. Uh, and and watches the Bills' defense against the Ravens is going to look for uh, places that he can exploit in terms of getting his playmakers in space uh, where they can be successful. And Certainly, he was able to do that last year. Um, I don't know how much the Bills' defense has changed. Uh, But again, I I just think the main thing for the Chargers, who I think are eight-point favorites going into this, and that might continue to climb during the week, is um, to, to focus on the little things and not get caught up in the fact that you know, you should win this game. You still have to go out and play. Uh, Buffalo is a tough place to play. I've been to Buffalo a couple different times. The crowd is loud. It's really kind of an underrated version of, of Green Bay in terms of how fans have embraced that community. You know, it's a smaller market, and the Bills are are, are you know the biggest game in town in terms of what's going on in Buffalo. And so, um, particularly early, if that you know that the Bills find a way to kind of hang in there after a quarter or after a half, um, you know, they could be in for a, a tough battle.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, it's always it's always sort of, uh, you know, because you think you don't know if the coaches, if they're going to make adjustments as well to, you sure. know, and so, I mean, which they have to. So, but it is, mm-hmm. it's going, they're going 2,198 miles, uh, you know, give or take. Um, they're playing in mm-hmm. the morning. They're playing in a different time zone. Um,
1: I'm looking forward to the, the plane ride.
0: <laughs> you're, you're not? <laughs>
1: Well, it's just, you know, it's a long way to go, go West Coast, East Coast and all that. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's a long trip for the players, too. And that's another thing. I, I'm glad you mentioned that, Desiree, is you have that uh, adjustment to different time zones. And one of the ways that the Chargers deal with that is they're 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 practicing earlier this week. And so instead of practicing at 12, 1 p.m., they're going to practice at 10 a.m. to get used to, to get their body clocks used to being up earlier than normal.
0: Yeah. Well, yes, no, totally. That's a smart, that's a, I mean, they always do all these wonderful, smart little things. Now I want to address something that happened on Twitter as well as, you know, I, I you, you had posted a photo of the, the plant, the sign, and I made the error of, mm-hmm. um, engaging in, uh, <laughs> with, uh, these San Diego fans and, um, you know, well, and you try, try to be San Diego, too. right? That's well, right. yeah, I live in North County, San Diego, you know, so, yeah, uh, there you go. so, but I, um, I was actually, uh, I mean, I was, I mean, I started laughing kind of. I was like, okay, I'm not going to, I can't engage anymore. I, I'd, I'd wanted to, you know, I always try to be respectful on Twitter. I try, you know, and I know sometimes yeah. things come out, um, you know, and I tried to respond in a way that I thought was respectful to them. Um, mm-hmm. And I was just really, you know, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's really crazy to me. And I wanted to ask you how you, you were able to embrace that as well and sort of like um, acknowledge it and also uh, and and just acknowledge it. Like not, I don't know, you don't, you didn't engage. And I mean, I know you, I, cause I kept getting notifications and I'm sure you did as well. Cause I kept including you on all of these as well.
1: Sure. <laughs> so. Well, I I think Twitter shows the best and the worst of us as, as human beings. And so when that stuff is going on, I mean, people can say whatever they want to say and, and that's fine. But, um, you know, some people deal with it differently. I think I've always been a person that, you know, if there's something negative being said, uh, you know, sometimes I'll try to to go back and just kind of clarify, you know, something that I I've, I've said on Twitter just to make sure there isn't any um uh, you know, disagreements about what was said. And then if people want to continue to chirp, I just I just move on to something else because I think at that point you are you're not going to necessarily change that person's viewpoint um on what's being said and so um it's just counterproductive and um i I just move on i just think that's the best way to deal with it instead of encouraging the person to go back and forth when um you know they're not going to change their viewpoint on it so i think that's the best way to deal with it And and i think you also have to understand um you know a lot of these people that are in san diego the chargers were their team i mean they they were part of the culture and identity of this town, and the fact that they they've moved just 120 miles to L.A., where you know people don't have the fondest uh, you know uh, feelings about Los Angeles. Uh, if if you're San Diego, the San Diego, some some people in San Diego, uh, they resent it, and so um, you know I, I I'm I try to be respectful of that.
0: Yeah. No, and I have been as well. I just am like, gosh, okay, like, come on, you guys. Like, this has been, like, put your energy into something positive. is more, you know, of like, come on, let's get into the solution, you know. Like, let's let's move on, you right. know. But I, I can't. I mean, no, I'm not.
1: That's, that's your feeling. That's yeah, it, my feeling. Obviously, that's that's not the feeling of others. And so. No. Again, I, you're probably not going to change that.
0: No, um, I'm not that feeling. <laughs> not at all. I am like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. I'm not going to engage with, uh, uh, you know, like I, I don't mean to. I don't want to hurt anyone either, you know. So, right. But um, let's let's yeah. take back. I'm, if you're just tuning in, I'm joined by Eric D. Williams. You can follow him on Twitter with the same handle, Eric underscore D underscore Williams. Uh, he is uh, writes for the for ESPN.com for the Chargers. Uh, Travels with the team as well. Now, there was some negatives from this game, and there was some positives. There was some big Mm -hmm. positives as far as, I mean, gosh, I mean, the Chargers were, I mean, uh, this was a loss. This was a, you know, this was a division loss. Um, Yep. But uh, very impressive with the run game. Um, I mean, and you wrote Mm -hmm. about it also on your blog, um, you know, with – Eckler and Gordon, I mean, combined almost 300 yards uh with catching carries and also with the run. Um gosh, I can't. I mean, Mike Pouncey his his contribution to the team uh has been amazing, I think. Um the total offense was amazing. Keenan Allen's moves, I mean, it's just um but big woes, drop passes. Mm-hmm.
1: Um well, yeah, you you mentioned it. I think the the way that the offense played, I thought, was uh, one of the things that you can take away and, and be happy about if you're uh, the Chargers and the Chargers fan. And they were able to move the ball up and down the field. Um, the running game, which was an issue uh, last year in terms of consistency, it looked better. So I think Pouncey had an effect there in terms of being an anchor for that group. I think they just gave up one sack, so Phillip Rivers uh, had time to get to his receiver's. Um, so you like that part of it. You know, Sturgis made two or three field goals. He missed the last one, but he did pretty good in kickoff, so it looked like your kicking game was a little stable or a little more stable than it was last year. Uh, but you mentioned it, the drop passes are an issue, you know, four of them, if, you, if you're if you measuring conservatively, two of them should have been touchdowns. Yeah, you have to clean that up. Sure. Uh, the, the two special teams issues, you know, giving up the big score to Tyreek, on a punt return, and then the fumble late in the game when you're kind of back, almost back into it. um, Those are issues that you need to resolve. And then you have to figure out a way to stop Tyreek Hill. I mean, he's their best player, and he just went up and down the field on you. And so in terms of game plan, um, you know, Gus Bradley needs to go back and start figuring things out because Tyreek Hill continues to be a person that that they haven't figured out how to stop.
0: Well, no, and on that ensuing punt um, with um, J.J. Jones' fumble, it was a three mm-hmm. and out. I mean, defense did great on that right prior to that possession. Yeah. Um, you know, yep. a few questions I did want to ask, too, is there is there a range that you were told? Um, because I was surprised that the Chargers punted, I believe it was in the first quarter, um, rather than go for, I think, a potential 53- or 54-yard field goal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, was is was there wind? Was there was there variables? Or was it just Sturgis? Is this was what he had stated that he could do that day?
1: No. Anthony Lynette actually addressed that on Monday, said that he felt that Sturgis could have made that kick, that it was within his range. I think they were going with the wind at that side of the stadium where the berm is. Uh, he decided, I think, uh, in terms of strategy, you know, they wanted to go ahead and punt it and try to pin him in. Um, now, I don't remember if they scored on that drive or not. Um, but that was that was more of a strategic decision than uh, Sturgis couldn't kick it that far.
0: Yeah, no, they punted. They punted on that drive. Um, okay. Yeah, but um, okay. it worked. Yeah. No, I mean, so now um, defense, you mentioned Gus Bradley maybe need, maybe needing to change. I mean, this is Andy Reid who they went against who he doesn't ever have mm-hmm. the same play in a game um he's he's technically, he's amazing uh for game planning yeah very creative very creative and Tyreek Hill is they weren't able to stop I me mean, Tyreek Hill is is a woe for any NFL team mm-hmm. um however you know I looked at the stats on ESPN and Chargers come in third on on their tackles I mean which I was it, it was a little different than what I saw on the box score but it stated that 43 solo and 39 assisted um mm-hmm you know, and which is a pretty great, even though they lost, it was a, that's a pretty, that's a pretty great stat to have, even though the stat doesn't uh, relate to a win.
1: Yeah, I think, but they did have some missed tackles and, and gave us some explosive plays. And so those are, those are concerning uh, in terms of wanting to clean those up, you know, as you move through the season. I think the biggest takeaway for me was how well Patrick Mahomes played. You know, yeah. this was a second career start, uh, you know he is in his second season, but they trade away Alex Smith, who had played pretty well against the Chargers, and you know the eight straight wins before Sunday's game, and then you go with kind of an unknown. And I thought Mahomes played really poised and and made a lot of great throws. Uh, did a great job of escaping the pocket and, and creating bigger plays down the field with his feet uh, by giving more time, so he could he could push the ball down the field. And I think if you're a Charger fan, you're concerned about that because. Patrick Mahomes isn't going anywhere. You know, he's a young quarterback that's going to be there uh, for a long time, and they're going to have to face him twice a year. So really, they're going to have to figure out a game plan to kind of contain Mahomes in the future.
0: Yeah, and do you mention that one game at a time, but they do go back into Arrowhead. They go into Arrowhead on a Thursday night, which is Mm -hmm. a difficult place to play, Um, and I think even maybe more so on a Thursday night game. Um,
1: yeah, no no doubt. There's a lot of energy. I, I think they played their Thursday night last year, and the stadium is, is, is one of the loudest in the league, and, and, and it is a difficult place to play. They have had some success there, you know, in the past, but, you know, obviously they haven't beat the Chiefs, I think, since 2014. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right, if you're just tuning in, I'm joined by Eric Day-Williams. Uh, now, Chargers, there's a lot of storylines. There's always storylines every week for every matchup, but this one in particular, Anthony Lynn, was uh, – with the Buffalo Bills prior to coming to Los Angeles and being head coach for the Chargers. Um, mm-hmm. what, uh, and this is actually the Bill's first home game of the of the 2018 NFL season as well. Um, mm-hmm. what, you know, you mentioned, uh, a lot of, you know, coming in and not being complacent as well. Um, but what, and can you expand a little bit on going in and playing at this stadium? You said it was similar to green Bay to Lambeau.
1: Yeah, I just, the energy level is similar. Again, these these are fans that are very passionate uh, about their team. You know, the, the Bills are the biggest thing that, that that is going on there. You know, they just reached the playoffs, you know, last year for the first time, I think, in 17 years. Yeah. Um. So I think the fan base is, is energized a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, and, you know, unlike StubHub, where half the fans were, were Chief fans, you're going to go in that place and it's going to be 90% Bills fans. Um, so there really is a home field advantage when you go up there. Now they're lucky in the fact that they're playing in Buffalo in September, not yes. December. <laughs> because I have been there December. It's much different. It's a lot colder. So players are happy about that. Um I think the two main storylines that to watch in this game are, you know, not having Joy Bosa again. You know, he's probably not gonna play in this game. He's still dealing with the the foot injury. He's seen a specialist on Wednesday, so we'll see. What comes of that? How are they going to generate a pass rush? They only had one sack against the Chiefs last week. And then if they face Nathan Peter, and if he's the guy that that starts, how does he deal with playing this team a second time after throwing you know, five interceptions against them last year in his first start? I think those are going to be kind of the two main things that you're watching uh, for on Sunday.
0: Yeah. Well, and you mentioned Bosa, and I was going to ask you about that. Tomorrow he actually meets with the specialist. Legit's out for three more games. Barksdale, mm-hmm. uh, there's no um, – th- more information will be released, I think, in the next few days, or unless it has already today Correct. and I missed it.
1: Um, no, nothing new on Barksdale, but I, I would be surprised if he if he plays.
0: Okay. And so uh, what is it? Um, a t- oh, my gosh. Sam Tevy would be Tevye. starting. Yeah, I was now. like, Tevye. I my brain kind of froze there for a moment. He, he did okay. He did okay. He stepped in, I mean, pretty good, I thought.
1: Yeah, he did okay. He gave up uh, some – some pressure on the inside a couple different times he got beat. Um, but, you know, they, they like him. He's probably their most athletic lineman. Um, and so he's just a guy, I think, that just needs more reps.
0: Okay. Now, and one more oh, – well, you didn't hear. I was going to ask you about Beth Beth Moens as well. Um, however, mm-hmm. you didn't really watch that game. Um, the woman does so – No, but
1: I've, I've listened to, to Beth in the past, and, I mean, she's a professional. I think that's the main thing that you get from Beth is – is when she's calling a broadcast, you feel like you have a, a person that knows the game and, and 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 knows how to call a game. Um, really, there's no difference to whether she's a a man or a woman. She's she knows she's good at her job, and I think that's that's one of the things that you get when Beth does a game, similar to Doris Burke in, mm-hmm. in basketball when she does the the NBA. I mean, that's um, that's the feeling I have when, when Beth is calling a game.
0: Yeah. Well, and you can see like I'm the prep she has done you know because it's it it requires so much preparation and I know you have producers mm-hmm. but she it seems that she does her own preparation um in addition to having the producers help her i mean she's got a wealth of information um while she's announcing and but just what i hear is just people i i was surprised that that was actually one of the topics on twitter last night <laughs> people oh yeah i didn't even really well it wow. came up i didn't I, I just it just came up beth moans like you know during during the game I was like, wow, they're yeah. talking about her, you know, and I, I kind of saw some and more so her voice, uh, which people were having a hard time with. I don't know. I don't know if it's it's because it's changed and it's not a man um, and they're hearing it or they're hearing just a different voice and they're used to hearing. I think that might also yeah. take come into play because I think she does a fantastic well, job as well.
1: All I could say, Desiree, is Twitter has some good things and Twitter has some bad things. <laughs> It just oh takes my good gosh! And you keep and keep moving, keep yeah. moving through yeah. your day.
0: No, I I, I do. Yeah, that's a, That's why I said I made a big error um, the other day in in assuming that I had uh, some sane some sane people <laughs> speaking with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all good. You know, I wish them the best. Now, one. Um, now, did you like you cover the team? So you're there all day on Sunday. You miss all. Mm-hmm. You miss pretty much all the games on Sunday. I'm assuming.
1: Yeah, I usually try to get there three four hours early, so I'll catch a little bit of the early games. Depending on you know when I'm up in the press box and it's on TV, I try to go down to the field for a half hour to forty five minutes just to get a feel of you know who's active and, and who's healthy and, and who's moving uh, okay. And if I have to do a TV hit, it'll happen at that time. Um, but yeah, I do miss a lot of stuff that happens in the in the second window, and and you know maybe catch a little bit of the Sunday night game. You know, because I'm usually working as as that's going.
0: hmm Right on. Yeah. No, I know. That's one. That's one of the bummers of being at a game. I think you miss some of the other games. <laughs> Although it's a yeah, no red at zone the game. for me. <laughs> no red zone. Yeah. No, that's crack. Like I can't. Be, I can't leave the house yep. if I put that thing on. Oh I know. Yeah. I mean, you yeah, can't go, go to the bathroom. Week, I just I just
1: sit and watch Red Zone the entire time. <laughs> so it's great.
0: And then you come come back to work on Monday and just kind of like uh, gla- gla- eyes are glazed over. <laughs> Now, do you have a motivating song that gets you going on Sundays before you Ooh. start your day?
1: Uh, no, not really. I mean, I usually on the way to work, I'm I'm listening to to sports talk stuff, just to see if I'm you know if I'm missing anything. So I don't think I had like a motivating thing I'm trying to. Uh, I don't even think I had. A, uh, when I was playing, I don't think there was like a specific song that I listened to.
0: Yeah. No, so you what now? What if you could, when you were playing, what song would have been? What would have been your walkout song per se?
1: What would have been my up song? Hmm. Think about that. Well, I'm trying to trying to think. You know, there's a lot of different um, artists that I like, um, but usually, you know, you want something that's gonna kind of get you going and get get the blood going a little bit. Um, I probably would be something from Tribe Called Quest. I don't know if you oh, with
2: Tribe Called Quest. Oh, I
0: love Tribe. Yeah, I've yeah, heard Tribe. It would tribe probably
1: was... be something from Tribe.
0: Rad. Okay. Cool. Maybe Scenario. I like that. Okay. Good. Yeah, I don't know. There's quite a few songs as well for me, um, but I'm I I'm very elated or or happy to hear that you also listen. I listen to sports radio. I think all the time. <laughs> I I have a problem. Um, <laughs> I don't want to miss anything either, you know. So uh, sure. now uh, so this week you are your MIA uh, as far as your games, because uh, you're flying out, I'm assuming you're flying out on Friday as well with the team. Or actually no, on Saturday I'm, I, morning.
1: I'm flying Saturday. yeah okay. the team flies out Friday. Okay. Um, I usually fly separate from uh, the team, so I'm going to fly out Saturday instead. But they for East Coast trips they like to get out uh, a day earlier.
0: Yeah, which makes sense. Which makes a lot of sense. And mm-hmm. now, um, special teams. Let's uh, let's quickly talk about special teams. How this has been? So there's been some positives, as you mentioned, taking away from this game with a kicking game. Um, n- but there is, and there and there was some positives. Um, there was a difference with uh, the kickoff kick returns versus mm-hmm. punt returns, is where the Chargers really struggled um, with negative. Um, yardage. Yep. How can? Yeah. I, I felt like uh, JJ Jones did such an amazing job in the preseason, and I felt like he might have been nervous.
1: I, I agree, and you know it was weird because I was in the press box and I was sitting next to to Greg um, Meacham that covers the team for Associated Press, and I I told him I was like, "Ooh, I, I think I would probably take out JJ in that situation, just because you know he's an undrafted rookie played at West Georgia." I don't think he's ever played in that situation, and 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 I just know like nerves wise, it's a tough thing to deal with, and just still be able to go out and do your job. It might have been better at that situation to have somebody with more experience like Travis that had been in it, and and he ended up bumbling. And um, yeah, I just I just feel like it's a uh, it's a tough situation to put a, a young player in if they haven't been in it already. Now, um, Coach Lynn said he's going to stick with J.J. Jones as a returner because, you know, he's so explosive and he can create big plays for for them. Um, the other thing with returners is when you have an experienced returner that's played in all the different stadiums and experienced the conditions, um, you, you don't have that institutional knowledge if you're going to go with somebody like J.J. Jones and and, and has caught punts from different punters, understands where he'd like to punt it, spin, all of that stuff. Um so you know we'll we'll see what happens in the future, but I do think that's something to kind of watch for with with JJ.
0: Yeah, no, and hopefully he can get hopefully he can sort of shake that off and and move on and has some good uh, veterans in that locker room, kind of just you know mm-hmm. kind of you know giving him giving him positive feedback so, as uh, you know embrace him yeah yeah you know I mean because this because he is he's very talented, um, but yeah. he just seemed to have a little bit of reserve. It was like. You know, he did fine in the preseason. He did great in the preseason, actually. And then um, for yeah. the first game, preseason I think. Preseason
1: is very different than regular season. Oh, it's. Uh, it, the intensity level is, is way different.
0: Yeah. Oh, no, totally. I mean, I'm not questioning that. I just, uh, you could see the, I, I could just, it just sensed like that he looked a little nervous. Um, Eckler yep. is having mm-hmm. a fantastic, uh, fantastic, you know, the, God, the Chargers running game. I'm really excited about that. Sure. Um, you know, And they're yeah, good they're, hands. They're they got
1: good hands. Doing a nice job of kind of, of playing off each other, Melvin and, and, and Austin. And, and, and they have like a nice competitive thing going on where if one guy makes a play, the other guy wants to go in there and make a play too and they kind of feed off each other. And uh, I think it, it's it's good to have two guys that you can go to in that situation. So you kind of keep Melvin fresh throughout the year. You don't, you don't have him getting 40 touches in a game. You can get Austin in there and you're not really – lose anything he kind of gives the defense a different look with the way that he runs a different type of running style so we'll see if they can continue that you know at buffalo
0: okay well you're awesome thank you so much for making the time i will see you either wednesday or thursday at chargers i am uh trying to figure out which day i'm going to ask to go down and uh, look forward to always seeing you as well eric i appreciate your time
1: yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, Desiree, and I look forward to seeing you as well this week.
0: Right on. Thank you, Eric. Once again, you can follow Eric on Twitter, which is a great, great follow. Eric D. Williams, uh, underscore, in between his initial and his first and last name. And you can find all the links for ESPN where the column is that he writes uh, regularly. There's tons of great information there, and Eric's just an awesome guy. Now, coming up, I'm super excited to welcome um, Harvey Armstrong, He's going to be, he's just tried to call me, and um, I'm going to have him give us another call. And we will have him back on the show in just a moment. Um, so let me give him the number once again. I think he's uh, he's calling from home, and I appreciate his time in, in doing so. He's calling from Georgia as well. So now he played with Eric Dickerson, as I mentioned. I met him at, uh, at actually, Marshall Uh, Marshall Falk's uh, golf tournament um, last year with Eric Dickerson. Uh, He's an amazing guy. He is a former defensive tackle, SMU Mustang. He was selected in the seventh round of the NFL draft to the Philadelphia Eagles. And he's played five seasons with the Indianapolis Colts. And so he's going to have some great insight for us. This is the Desiree Show on Dash Radio. And coming up, we're going to Georgia. And uh, Eric, uh, super excited to welcome you back, you know, How are you?
2: I'm doing great.
0: Thank you. Who did you call me? Yes. Thank you so much. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I just called you Eric. I just...
2: (laughs) I know. I know. I wish I had his talent. I don't know what you're talking about, Eric Dickerson, but... uh, I, 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 I have a red jacket from SMU Hall of Fame, but not the gold jacket from the NFL Hall of Fame. Uh, I love trade.
0: Yeah, well, we got to talk to Eric about that because I think Eric needs to share that with you, right? <laughs> I know.
2: I totally agree. I totally
0: agree. Harvey Armstrong, I am. Thank you so much. I was just saying how I met you last year at Marshall Falk's um, golf charity event, you and Eric. And so, um, and I just had a total brain fart there. I'm really, I am really apologize for that. Um, SMU That's Tigers, silly. now your SMU Mustangs uh, started off a little shaky, though, this year. Um, they have a big game coming up this weekend. Uh, did you Have you by chance gone to any of the games this year already?
2: No, no. I was in Texas for the North Texas State game, uh, but I was at my wife's family reunion, and we couldn't make it. We were trying to end things early to get out to Denton, but we didn't make it, and I'm kind of glad we didn't. <laughs> they didn't do too well.
0: No, um, and they have they play number nineteen Michigan this week.
2: Yes, that would not be a pretty sight. In that, but but you never know. It might be time for a big upset. I look forward to that. Uh, but I wouldn't bet any money on it yeah. <laughs> if now, I was a betting man. Yes,
0: can no, you and hear I hear me
2: fine. I have you on my speaker. Can you hear me okay?
0: Yes, we can hear you fine. Okay. Yes. No. And uh, I have the same. I can only ask that because USC struggled this week against Stanford. So <laughs> I'm right there with you <laughs> on it. So now, did you get to enjoy some football this last week? Did you enjoy the first week of the NFL?
2: I sure did. Yes. I, I I'm a I'm a Dallas Cowboy hater, so I got <laughs> a chance to see my one of my favorite teams beat up on them. Uh, and so of course my Eagles beat beat the Falcons, and I am in Atlanta. So I had some guys over. I hosted our first NFL game. So I, I had a chance to brag a little bit that night as they as the Eagles beat down the Falcons. So, yes, it was a good weekend for me.
0: Right on. Well, good, good. Uh, now, you know, and I have to. I, I started off the show. It is Patriots Day. Um, it is 9-11, and I started the show off with a moment of silence, Um and I also wanted to ask. I mean, I think we all remember where we were. Where were you when on um, you know 17 years ago today?
2: Wow, it's amazing you asked that question. We was talking about that this morning. I was laying in my home in the bed, speaking to um, my girlfriend at the time, uh, and we were just talking as she was getting ready to go into the office, and all of a sudden we saw that. So I was like laying across the bed, getting ready to get up to go to work out. She was going to the office, and all of a sudden we saw the plane go into the building. So it, it, it's like it was yesterday that I remember that. I remember what I even had on, and uh, and it's amazing. And I really didn't realize the day was 9-11. And then I saw all the news coverage, and I'm like, wow, how could you forget? Not that I forgot, it just it didn't dawn on me that the day was 9-11. So all day I've been just reminiscing about that. So... Yes, I do remember where I was. Yeah, it was a very sad day.
0: Yeah, it's really sad, you know. And uh, Eric Williams was just on. He writes for the Chargers for ESPN, and I asked him the same question. And one of the things he did mention, and something that I do think about as well, is that during any of these horrific tragedies um, that you know communities have faced, countries have faced, there is like this strong. Connection and the community comes together, and that's one of the one of the you know the silver linings I should say maybe of of disasters is that it brings people closer together, and that's what we really need even more so now I think again.
2: And and, and you are so right. It's amazing, and it's it's very it's humbling. I, I guess we it takes these tragedies to get us to 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 bond together. I remember last year, I guess a couple of weeks earlier, uh, the Houston they had Hurricane Harvey. Of course, I'm from Houston. Mm-hmm. My name is Harvey, so that wasn't a, a, a good... I wanted them to change the name to Bubba or something, <laughs> so I had to be Harvey. Hurricane Harvey. So, I caught a lot of static from that, but it's just amazing how my whole... that whole area in Houston came together, and I ended up going back to help out and just seeing all the neighbors, <laughs> the black, the white, the Hispanic, the Asian. It didn't matter what color. It just... Your religion, your your sex preferences—it just was. Everybody was just trying to bond together to to make America great, and make America safe, and make America dry. And it's just amazing how it takes tragedy to bring us together, and that's not right. I just wish we could be that way every day. Uh, but it's a beautiful sight when you see everybody come together. I know it's possible.
0: Yeah, no, it is. It's uh, something we can maybe stem try to, you know, aspire to do more. You know, I, I think a lot, it takes just one person, and in, in one person over here and one person over there and one person over there, and, you know, like, hopefully to spread more positive. Um, now, football, I wanted to yeah. ask a question. There was some, I don't know if you, did you watch Monday night games last night? Yes, I did. Okay, so one of the questions is, as a team, to be beat or devastated as the Detroit Lions were last night, how difficult or how are you able to, as a player, shake it off and move on to the next game? Um,
2: you have to. You, you're a professional. Um, you know, verbally we can sit up here and say, well, that was just one game. They didn't play a lot of they they first, first team in preseason. So they came out rusty. And then uh, the staff just didn't have a great day. He just one mistake after another, and things just kind of it had the domino effect. And so, uh, if it could happen, it happened. And, and so they know if, if they just eliminate that one interception when they was coming back when they tied the game after halftime, mm-hmm. I, I think it's a whole different game. Um, if they would have made the first down at that point when they really needed it, and so I, I think when you look at the film today, which they have. And you see the mistakes you made, and you see how I just compound one after another. You eliminate the first or the second mistake, I should say, the the, the third interception, and you still have a ball game. And and I think they they know that, and 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 they quarterback is such a he's a trooper. He kept coming back. So if he's a healthy, Detroit come back. They'll rebound from that. But the Jets the Jets is a different team they will win more games this year. They will be a better team with that quarterback. I'm 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 excited to see him and see him continue to grow.
0: Yeah. No, I I I watched him play SC. I watched him play even when he was at San Clemente. Um the kid is very special. Um and I actually was was apprehensive for him to go into the draft this year because I thought he needed one more year to sort of secure all of you know, last year was a little tough for him um, at right. SC, you know, and I thought one more year would have really made him well rounded. But gosh, he, you know, threw, uh, threw a pick right off the bat and then boom, just regrouped. Um, his maturity and his ability to lead a team is he's he has that special, je ne sais quoi, you know, he does have that special charisma, I think, uh, and leadership um, to help a team. And uh, that was exciting. I was excited for him. Uh, yes. a heartbroken from Matt Patricia. <laughs> but, yes. you know.
2: For him to throw an interception on the first play and for him to bounce back like that, that lets you know how special he would be.
0: Yeah. No, this is true. If you're just tuning in, I'm joined by Harvey Armstrong from Georgia, correct? Um, and did you sit on the couch on Sunday and watch all the games or not?
2: I did. I, I had my favorite <laughs> I did church that morning and had volleyball practice with my daughter at about 11, and then... The rest of the day was mine. It was all mine. <laughs> oh, nice. nice. So that was a good day. Yes, I, I enjoyed it. I fell asleep a couple of times, but um, <laughs> <Football> <laughs> dreams? was a good day of football.
0: <laughs> awesome. Now, this year so far then what, have you, what you've seen, what sort of what surprises did you have this year? Um, I mean, obviously it's just one game, but the first game is in the books now. Uh, what teams kind of surprised you the most?
2: Chicago, yeah. Chicago, uh, Tampa Bay. I-, I don't think they could sustain the way they played. In New Orleans. I was surprised that the Saints didn't play better. I was surprised that Tampa scored so many points without their starting quarterback. And I was really excited for Chicago. Yeah. Um, for, for, for 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 uh I can't think of his name. Okay the The linebacker Malik, yeah,
0: Khalil, Ma- um, Khalil, Mack, yes,
2: exactly. He just changed, and, and I, I believe in a special pass rusher, and he just changed that whole concept and the whole mindset of Chicago Bears. They would be a total different team. The Jets surprised me as well, so I, those would be the two teams I think will definitely represent in their division and will continue to win and play good, great. Chicago didn't win, but but they will definitely be a contender this year.
0: No, definitely a contender. They definitely looked like they showed up. And I was texting with a, a friend of mine who's a big Chicago Bears fan from Chicago, and he said, "We're gonna lose." I was like, "Oh gosh, come on, have some faith in your team." <laughs> but uh, no, they. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's uh, and in Lambeau. I mean, it, that was that was nuts. Um, now, uh, sh- Cleveland hosting Pittsburgh. Not losing, I, you know. I've been I've been secretly rooting for them, like for a couple of years, to get wins, to like get you know to learn again what it is like and what it feels like to win. Um, as corny as that might sound, but this was a big game for them. I mean, had that field goal not been blocked, it, had it was, but this ang- this game ends in a tie. Uh, everyone says that's a Cleveland win. However, I think there's some hope with Cleveland this year, and I don't know if I've been drinking the Kool-Aid from watching Hard Knocks this year or what. <laughs> but what are your thoughts on Cleveland?
2: No, Cleveland. Cleveland would definitely represent. I, I, I see them being eight and eight. I really do. Uh, Pittsburgh played horrible. I mean, whenever you turn the ball over that much, it should be a, it should be a blowout. But Cleveland's not there yet. But with that defense. uh, and if they can get some offense out of Taylor, uh, they, they will definitely represent it. And I can see them being definitely 8-8, eight 6-10. and, eight, uh, six and 10. But they will win more games, and they will win games this year, just just by defensive alone. And if they can just run the ball and not make any big mistakes and capitalize when the other team makes mistakes, it's something they didn't do against Pittsburgh. I mean, even in overtime, when he threw the interception, I mean, he should have scored. You know, you you have to score on that. And but yet they got a penalty, and it came back, and of course the missed field goal at the end. But those little things there that if they can just make happen, you know, guy, Lee guys. When you get a turnover, take it to the house. Or when you when you get teams turning the ball over as much as Pittsburgh. So, but with that defense, and they can get any kind of offense, they're gonna definitely be a better team. They're already a better team.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, and Jarvis Landry, I really think is a huge. I mean, it, it just things things have maybe shifting or are shifting for them over there. Um, now, you uh, as a player had the opportunity to be coached by one of the greatest, uh, Dick Vermeil. In his last season, it was your first season. What was it like as a player playing for for Dick Vermeil?
2: It was it was like a win. It was a wild windstorm. First, was so excited. To be part of the NFL, just to make the team, and 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 you have a legendary coach like as in Dick Vermeer, but he didn't speak much to the rookies. He didn't try to get to know the rookies. The rookies were just there, and and he that he had that old school mindset of you have to earn your stripes. But one day in practice, he yelled my name out. It wasn't a good yell because I messed up, oh. <laughs> but he knew my name. And you think, well, guy, he's your head coach. Why wouldn't he know your name? He just didn't make it a point to get to know the rookies. And so if he called your name, it was special, even if it was messing up. So that just made my day when he called my name, yelling at me, not cursing me out, but (laughs) in some sense he he was. uh, But it was very flattering just for him to know who I was. And it was a treat and a blessing to, to, to be able to play for him. I was very distraught and very upset when he retired.
0: Yeah. No, I think a lot were. I mean, that was a very special time uh, in Philadelphia, uh, the, you know, and a special time when it was really needed um, for the community. Right. You know, and you you, you talked on uh, community as well. We spoke on that. Um, but I'm going to ask you what football means to you. I mean, because I think that it, it brings – I'm just going to ask that what I'm just going to leave it at that. What does football mean to you? I mean, you, you went to high school in Texas. I mean, that is like high school football Texas is crazy. It's like the NFL.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. We had 40,000 people. I tell people this story all the time, and they don't. They look at me like, yeah, right. But we played in the Astrodome back in back in my day in high school, and, and for our homecoming game, we would go into the Astrodome. My homecoming game against Booker T. Washington uh, we have 40,000 people. In the playoffs against Memorial and Port Nature's Grove, we have 50,000 people. We're talking about high school football. I go to games now and I see maybe 1,000 people. And you're talking about good teams. And I'm just uh, disappointed to see that. And so to answer your question, what does football mean to me, it, it meant so much for me. My My whole life is surrounded by football. If it's some good, some bad. I mean, I've had 14 surgeries from football. So, of course, I deal with pain every day. So that's, that's tied to football. The house, the cars, the material things, the, the exposure, the traveling, the, the people asking for autographs, doing a radio show uh, on a day like this with you and, and being able to still talk football at 58, that's a blessing. You know, as bad as I felt today, I have a major major headache. But, of course, I was excited to do your show and to be part of it. So football means a lot. It's pretty much 24-7 with me because I deal with so much that dealing with football, some of the after effects, the things that I I deal with with my daughter, the conversation we have with my two girls, it's, it's all tied to football. The business I have, it's all tied to football. So for me, football really is really about my life. It has made me the man that I am. Uh, of course, I don't just want to talk football, but my whole life is about football and the things that it has brought to me, the things that it has taken away from me. So I just look at it from the good, to the bad, the, the beautiful, the ugly, um, the painful, the CTE issues that I have and suffer with. It's all about football. So as I, I wouldn't know what I would do without football being part of my life.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing with us that. And, you know, I'm sad we are, we've are we run out of time. I'd love to talk to you more about that. I, I will post also um, about your um, charity. Um, Starstruck Foundation is helping youth at risk. Um, Harvey, I know you had a gnarly headache today, and I so appreciate your time and coming on with us. Um, Thank you so much. And I I look forward to maybe seeing you in person in November maybe.
2: I would look forward to that. Uh, Matter of fact, I'm going out to the Rams and Denver game. Uh, It's my wife's birthday, so I'm I'm treating her to a Denver Broncos trip game. And uh, hopefully Erica's going to meet me out there in Denver for the Rams game, and you might accidentally be there yourself.
0: Oh, I so, love it. thank
2: you for having me, and I
0: appreciate this time. Thank you, Harvey. I appreciate it. All right, you guys, thanks so much for tuning in. This is the Desiree Show on Dash Radio. I want to thank Cole for running the boards for me, and uh, you guys for tuning in. Have a dynamite week, and I'm out.